All right. It's Wednesday. You feeling lucky today? Yeah, it's hump day. <laughs> it is, is hump day. We're halfway through. We're halfway through. All right. Ask me five questions. All right. I'm going to go with my first question, which is, is it a tree, shrub, grass, or graminoid forb or other? It is a multi-stemmed, upright, deciduous shrub of the Rosaceae family, which includes prunus and rubus. Yeah, so now I'm going to think it's probably not uh, uh, some kind of <laughs> rose. You got in my head after last yeah. time, so I don't know anymore. That's, that's um, my goal. All right, let's see. Uh, how tall does this shrub get? It can get up to eight feet tall. Okay, and um, does it have flowers? And if so, what color are they? It has fragrant, single pink flowers that are up to two inches across with contrasting yellow center stamen. All right. For for trying to trick me last time and making me think that this one's not in the rose family, you're, well, it is in the rose family, but making yeah. me think it's not like a, a rose <laughs> in some way, um, it's really starting to sound like a rose. <laughs> so I guess I should get this one out of the way. Does it have thorns? Uh, it does have thorns, okay. yes. Yes. All right. So that which really it, which it surprisingly I don't have on yeah. – this. I don't think I have. Oh, no, I do. It, it has right. stout curved thorns that are approximately a quarter inch long with a flattened base. Gotcha. And two, two, two. let's That's see four. here. One more. Uh, what else do I ask at these things? That is going to help me because I know it's probably if it has a. You, even fruit, if you have the genus, have... you have to narrow down the species. I know. I know. It's. um. Oh, man. I'm going to go with – I have a really uh, – there's one clue. That's well, give, a, give me your clue. <laughs> give me that one. Wetland indicator status is an obligate. Okay. That narrows it down in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, uh, it, does, it does narrow it down. Um, so we have a, a handful of native roses, probably more yeah. than a handful really. Yeah. Uh, we grow a handful of them. And since it's an obligate, uh, I'm not going to go with Carolina rose or – Virginia rose. I'm going to go with swamp rose. So Tom is going with Rosa palustris, which is swamp rose. Yeah, because the other ones are, are more upland species. Yep, yep. So I'm like, if if you got that and you had to narrow it down, like obligate with a name like swamp rose. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> usually I don't like asking wetland indicator status because it doesn't help me that much. I just don't. I know they have wetland indicator yeah. statuses, but I don't know what they all are. And uh, But that one did. That one did. You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And today's plant is Swamp Rose, which is Rosa Palustris. Yeah, and uh, we learned a lot just in those first couple questions about Rosa Palustris, uh, except we didn't learn what its native range is. So why don't you start with that? So it is native from Maine to Florida, west of Texas, and up to Minnesota. All right. And so you're not finding this on the West Coast at all. And is this something – you talked about the flowers, but this is, doesn't look like your roses that you're going to find if you go to – you're going out on a date. It's like you really want to send the right message, so you go to the gas station and pick up a bouquet of roses. No. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not no. like a hybrid tea rose. It's more of a shrub rose. So if you're familiar with like knockout rose or Madeland roses or something like that, it's going to be more similar to that. Um, yeah. It's not like that hybrid tea flower either. It's It's a much smaller shrub. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say like multiflora rose, but like you they would see, kind of they, it, similar, you would yeah. see a, a little bit of a similarity. 
Um, the the leaves are alternate uh, seven um, broad elliptical, but it could be sometimes five, rarely nine. Like it can vary in the amount of the uh, finely toothed dark green leaflets that are uh, two and a half inches and pointed. Yeah. Now, is this a plant that you need like a male, male and female of? Are they, they dioecious? It's monoecious. It is monoecious. So it has both male and female parts. On and the same we, plant. we talked about the flower, but does it have a fruit too? Uh, it does have it does have fruit like like a, a rose hip, uh, mm-hmm. so it's it's um, like a fleshy red rose hip that's about three quarter inches in diameter, uh, and it's a tart edible berry like hip that that you can eat raw or or usually cooked. Yeah, and uh, you know I'm thinking about it. Kelly Gill actually talked to us about this and said you want there's like hairs on them and you got to get them off somehow. Yes. You want to? Yeah. I forget how she said to do it. So you'll have to go back and find whatever episode I'm talking about <laughs> in Native Health Plant, Healthy Planet just to find that little snippet where she says that I don't remember where it was. It was a, she called in about it. Yes, but. she did. But you know, it's one of those ones where it doesn't bloom in the spring. It's more of a summer, mm-hmm. late late spring, early summer. It's a it's a June through July bloom. So you're not going to get all summer bloom, but. You do have multiple seasons of interest because you do get the red rose hips afterwards in mm-hmm. fall. So, um, and you do get like the leaves turn an attractive, you know, attractive shades of red in the fall. So you get a red fall color, you get the hips, and you get the the um, the single pink fragrant roses in the summer. Does it work good as a good garden plant? Um, like, is it something that you can keep a little bit neater and tidier? You can prune it back; those kind of things. You can always prune. Most roses to keep them somewhat respectable, but for a shrub that wants to get eight foot, you can prune it back. But most of the time, once that root system's there, it's going to spring up. So if if you're going to, it does die back from the tips. So when it dies back from the tips, it's always best to prune back, let it go through the winter, prune it back in um, like late March, like right about now yeah. is time when you would start pruning back. Um, but if it's if it gets eight foot, even if it's eight foot and you prune it back to a foot, it's going to be eight foot. And, and you would typically trim a rose back like a foot to two yeah. foot, but it's going to be eight. By foot the time two. you're hearing this, you only have one more day to prune this back because there's <laughs> only one more day in March. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but uh, it's it it prefers full sun, but can take full shade. Um, and it, it is an obligate, so it does like wet areas. So you're not going to plant it like in front of your house mm-hmm. and you know it's if you had like a wet ditch that you were trying to keep people I, from walking through if, if well i was going to make a, a joke and say i bet you shrek could plant it from his house but it wouldn't be native there i'm yeah. assuming he lives in like scotland or something yes, like that i don't so, think of it but he and, does live in a swamp unless his swamp <laughs> is in <laughs> is in like uh pennsylvania his basement must flood all the time <laughs> <laughs> but um it does have uh uh, potential insect pests like aphids, beetles, borers, scales, thrips, rose midges, and leaf hoppers. Which, you know, we mentioned like hybrid shrub roses, which mm-hmm. a lot of those are bred to be resistant of a lot of these things. These, these are going to have a lot of the same problems that most roses have. It's going to be susceptible to black spot, powdery mildew, and rust. So it's not as though it's resistant from these. Mm-hmm. But we always preach right right plant, right place, and if you have it in the right place, like if it's a wet area, full sun, things like that, more than likely you have less – you're going to have some environmental issues based on weather and, yeah. and yep. environment. But for the most part, if it's in the right place, it should limit 
some of these factors. Okay, and I'm assuming since it has rose hips and people can eat them, I'm assuming animals like that too. Is that just like is the only wildlife benefit the flowers and then the rose hips or no can birds? Do more? Birds love the the rose hips, and a lot of the seeds going to be spread by birds from eating mm-hmm. the bird uh, the the rose hips. So. Um, it's it's very beneficial that way. The fruit is also eaten by game birds, uh, rough grouse, prairie chicken, and songbirds like cedar waxwing and uh, Swainson's uh, thrush. So they like it. Also, rodents, white-footed uh, mouse, woodland deer mouse, and mammals like black bear and skunk all like the fruit. So you're providing a lot of wildlife benefits just from we're we're just talking fruit, but the flowers do attract bees, flies, beetles. Uh, and most efficient pollinators for this plant are bumblebees and long-tongued bees. So right. that's that's a lot, and it's insect pollinated. Yeah. So um, foliage, um, caterpillars uh, of the stinging rose caterpillar and larvae of sawflies and others all feed on the foliage. So you're really – they're eating the hips. They're pollinating the flowers. They're they're eating the leaves. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good – Good, good for all those reasons. Yeah, and I, I think we usually talk about like what that, where the plant is going to grow naturally before this, and I we I think we skipped over it. We we did. So how where would you normally find it? it? It's in a intermediate successional stage on the way to being a tidal swamp. So, um, like swampy floodplain zones uh, of freshwater. Freshwater swamps mm-hmm. are, are typically where you're going to find this. So, um, and I know a lot of shrubs will sucker up from the roots. Is this another one that's going to keep spreading from like around the base? Yeah, it has a very woody and uh, rhizomatous root system with a tap root as well, um, and it can produce by suckering mm-hmm. also. So you're going to have the the seeds being spread by birds or other mammals. Yeah, and it's going to sucker. This so. is a, a plant that when we grow it in the nursery, a lot of the the roses seem to do this uh, that we grow at least. Um, but you'll be picking up pots. It already kind of sucks because you're they're covered in thorns. So they're yeah. like just brushing up against your hands and arms. No matter how like how your long and thick your sleeves are and your gloves are, they're still getting through. It yeah. seems like. But the worst, in my opinion, is you somehow manage to get your hands in and you're picking up the pots and you missed all the thorns and then you pick it up and then all of a sudden we have this little <laughs> holes at the bottom of the pots yeah. and there's a shoot that came out of there that was stuck on something else and it just thwap, just <laughs> wraps around your arm. Well, oh, I, I hate that. In, in a previous career, I worked at one of the top three rose growers yeah. in the country. So I've done rose production where you're wearing PVC line gloves wow. and you're still getting stuck yeah. through the gloves, which is amazing. But you would come home like after pulling roses for customers and you would just be like a bloody mess from the the elbow to the wrist. Wow. You know, it wouldn't be your hands because they're oh <laughs> oh that was an accidental uh soundboard. Yeah. This this sounds of nature <laughs> by Fran's clunky elbows. <laughs> but you know your hands would be on the pots under the the thorn so it wouldn't be your hands but it would be your arms that mm-hmm. were just getting it. Yeah, so it yeah. was just not not very fond memories. Now I saw say I'm home and I built my my swampy rose garden yes and i say you know what would really go well with this is some good english tea can can i make anything that i could have with my tea or flavor my tea out of the rose hips totally so the petals and the hips have been used to infuse liquids like syrups and vinegars uh make wine tea jellies and syrup so it much like many rose products you would think about it has a lot of the same purposes so you can if you're 
if you're crafty enough to do that, mm -hmm. you you can totally do that. Yeah. You, I could see in your face, you didn't know where I was going. No, with that I didn't. In before. I was like, where are you going? <laughs> but so, now we always like to say what it would be a good substitute for if you had. So, and I thought of something yeah. with thorns and I think you did too. What yeah. would it be a good, good substitute? For? You know, I was thinking a lot of people use Japanese barberry, which, which we're all finding out is extremely invasive. Birds carry the seed and it's, it's popping up in our forest. Now, you wouldn't use swamp rose in, in probably quite the same context that you would use Japanese mm -hmm. barberry because it's going to get taller and it's – but it does make a good border. Like even though it yeah. has a lot of wildlife value, you could use it as a thorny border to just kind of work some things if you have some wet spots mm -hmm. to, to work on. But there are many other native roses like Carolina rose or Virginia rose that you could use uh, and keep keep a little more compact that – that would serve the same purpose as Japanese barberry. Cool. So, all right, you ready for a lightning round? Yes, I am. All right, we're going to keep it at three. I thought that was successful yeah, yeah, yesterday. Like so I know we're still fine-tuning this, but we're trying to find out what works and what doesn't work. So when we hit season two mm -hmm. and this is retooled, we're going to – That's basically Fran – that's a call for action is what yeah. we call it in the biz. And Fran <laughs> is saying if you like this or you have a little – say, hey, you know, I like it, except Fran gives too many explanations – you can write in and you let us know because we it's something we want to we want to keep it interactive. We want to keep it fun. This is one of the ideas we had. So I always appreciate. I'm not always going to agree. Yeah, you know, but we we want to provide a good product that 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 most people like. You're not going to make everyone yeah. happy. Like it's and, it's and quite possible that two star review may just more one that said I don't we, like. We you. like too. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we want we need to like doing it as well. Yeah, so. we want it to be something that's our product that. Mm -hmm is synonymous with who we are in our other podcasts. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, if anyone wants to, to write in with a formal complaint saying, that, you know, I like the lightning round, but I would like it a lot more if there was an annoying tick, tick, ticking sound going on the entire Make sure time. you do it in a five-star <laughs> review. <laughs> All right, here comes lightning round. Ready? Yep. Palustris is a Latin word meaning A, pointing downward, B, shallow, or C, swampy or marshy. I'm going to say swampy or marshy. True or false. Generally not susceptible to disease and insect pests that attack many of the hybrid roses. Uh, I'm going to go with – you said not susceptible? Yeah. I'm going to go with false. Oh. That's just as good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And last one. Uh, swamp rose can live up to 20 years long 50 years long or 100 plus years long i'm gonna go 50 years long i'm gonna i i want to mm -hmm. say 20 but i'm gonna go 50 20 it it's, 20 it's 20 but you got two out of three that was pretty good yeah, yeah i right. can't go perfect every week are you putting it in your yard uh no again i don't have a wet enough yard to put this in i think it's a, a cool plant Really good if you have like a retention basin. If you're a bioengineer, you need you have a retention basin, and you don't want the, your rascal kids that are around the neighborhood running in there. You, know, you can put a lot of swamp rose in there. They won't be in there very long. They might not get out if they go. In. That's <laughs> that's what maybe even worse. <laughs> you may have to check it occasionally to see what what got well, left yeah, behind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I have a dry property. It's I I don't have a a, a place. Wow, I don't have I said I would. Well, I did say I yeah, put I red have. maple in the yard, but. Not this or uh, duck potato, so I'm um, I'm not doing so well this week. But it's 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 a great plant with a lot of merit, and, and we explained all the great 
uh, food web services mm-hmm. that this provides as opposed to some of – you're not getting any of that with multi-floor rows. Yep. You know, so – and it's not going to be as as invasive because mm-hmm. that's invasive. Oh, yeah. But All right. So uh, one more day left this week. Make sure you tune in tomorrow, and until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.